you may have realized that being healthy feels different than it did in the past now that you're over 50. If you want to maximize your health potential but don't have time to read through overwhelming pages of Google links, this is the show for you. Welcome to Healthy Tips After 50. We love doing the research, finding solutions, talking to health experts, and learning what works and what doesn't. Now, your host. She spent the last 25 years dedicated to feeling her best and is here to share her best findings with you, Susan Rosen. Hi, everybody. It's Susan, and I am cutting in here before the podcast starts to tell you about something very exciting going on, which is that I have added a health and wellness coaching to my business. This is an offshoot from the podcast as well as some other things that I've been doing in association with that, part of it on Facebook and part of it just off kind of to the side. So I am incorporating it all together. I'm really, really excited about it. And I wanted to let all of you know that as a part of this kickoff, which it has actually already started, but it's still part of the kickoff time, that I am offering to anyone who's interested a free discovery health and wellness coaching session. And if you are interested or you want to learn a little bit more about it, then there are a couple of ways that you can get a hold of me and get in touch. One of those is to leave a comment, <clears throat> excuse me, here on my website or on Apple, which takes comments, as well as I believe YouTube does. And over and above that, you can also contact me on Facebook. I have a Healthy Tips After 50 Facebook page where you can also comment underneath this podcast or separately and let me know that you're interested and I will get back to you as soon as I can. And one other place that I just remembered, you can also go to the contact us on my website and send me a message there. So any or all of those will work. I really look forward to hearing from quite a few of you. And I am really excited and looking forward to providing value to all of my cohort here, to all of my tribe, all the people who have been listening to my podcast. Because I really, really do appreciate you guys listening and leaving me comments and letting me know what you think. So that's it. Now we will get back to the regularly scheduled podcast about walking. Hi, this is your host, Susan Rosen. Today's podcast is interesting because it has to do with living longer and healthier by walking more. And this is in the Focus on Healthy Aging newsletter that I just got, which I thought was kind of interesting. It comes out of Mount Sinai back in, um, I believe it's in New York. Anyways, 
This particular article is talking about how there was a recent study and that study is adding to a lot of evidence that was already existing having to do with the benefits for your health from brisk walking. This particular study actually measured physical activity levels in 16,741 women with an average age of 72. So that is, you know, rather on the older side, but these days it's a young, older, if you want to call it that, because people are living so much longer, and particularly women who are the people that they were looking at in this. So they were looking at the kind of moderate to vigorous intensity physical activity that people get through brisk walking. And they found that this was associated with a 60 to 70% lower risk of death at the end of the four-year study that they did. That's pretty amazing. And they found that among the most active women, those who walked for an average of about 70 minutes, 70 minutes per day, compared with the least active, who only walked for an average of about eight minutes per day. So there's a big difference there, and I can see where it probably would have more benefit. But I think that they found that it had even a bigger benefit than what they were expecting. The benefit seen was significantly greater than the 20 to 30% reduction that was suggested by previous studies. And they think that this is probably because, among other things, a lot of the other studies were based on self-reported physical activity, which, as we all know, tends to be imprecise because our minds and our activities are never remembered in exactly the same way that we, that we did them or for how long. So this study used a very highly sensitive accelerometer device and it accurately tracks motion and velocity, which is interesting, along with low intensity activities as well as sedentary behavior. So the data technically only shows an association, but the researchers are saying that they think that the link actually is causal. So that means that they think that the information and the data that they got is enough to be able to say that one thing causes the other. So for this, they're saying light physical activity, like slow walking, they say was not associated with a lower death rate. But don't forget that slow walking, they're not saying that slow walking isn't good for you. They're just saying that it may be beneficial for other health outcomes that were not looked at in the study. So overall, brisk walking is seen to improve your circulation. It helps your heart and your lungs. And it also burns calories that might otherwise 
make you have a weight problem, um, which I think older people can have that kind of an issue because they're not getting enough exercise. So this, this would help to keep that away. They said a person weighing about 150 pounds can burn about 240 calories per hour if they sustain a pace of about two miles per hour, which is really not very fast. The other things that go along with just the walking is that it also boosts your energy and it can help ease stress and tension. And the... If you are walking with someone else or you join a local walking group, you also get that other social interaction, which number one, keeps you walking. And number two, also helps to keep your brain working well because you're having to interact with people, you're having to have a conversation, you're having to listen to and understand what other people are talking about. So they were saying that although the speed at which you walk isn't necessarily as important as setting and keeping to a regular walking calendar time frame sessions so that you have them and and keep doing them and it's not just like one one week and four the next week but that you're actually doing it on a regular basis, which again, if you're doing that with a group or with somebody else, you're going to be more um, likely to keep that up. And that part of that, and that is part of gaining the health benefits from the walking. So it says, um, this guy is David Thomas, MD, professor of medicine and rehabilitation medicine at the Icon School of Medicine at Mount Sinai. He's quoted as saying, think in terms of the talk test, which I think a lot of us have heard of before. If you are able to keep up a conversation with a walking partner without much effort, then you aren't walking fast enough. But if you're too breathless to talk at all, you may be going too fast. And that, that's a good, a good test and a good thing to keep in mind when you're out there walking. They talk about the proper shoes, um, which is usually cushioned walking or running shoes, you know, with a little, um, the elevated heel a little bit. I'm sure we all are familiar with those, these whole kinds of tennis shoes, walking shoes, running shoes, whatever. They have the arch supports. Um, they said to wear loose and comfortable clothing and opt for several light layers in chilly weather as opposed to one or two heavy layers, Dr. Thomas advises. If it is particularly cold, wear a hat or cap. Okay, well, that, that makes sense. I had never heard the um, multiple light layers in chilly weather. I usually just stick on a coat, but I, I guess that way you can, if you get too warm, you can start taking, start peeling off layer by layer says to be sure to drink liquids when you're engaged in any kind of activity that makes you sweat. Even if you don't feel thirsty, 
because as long as you are sweating, that means you are losing fluid. And the last thing you need is to get low on fluid because you can get dizzy or lightheaded, any of that. So it says staying safe and injury free. This is, I'm sure they wrote it with me in mind. Um, just kidding. It says walk during the day, wear reflective clothing if the leather, weather is foggy. Hadn't thought about that, but avoid uneven and or rocky ground if you have balance issues. I guess that's me. And if you're using the sidewalk, stay alert for broken paving that could trip you. That's definitely me. On rural or off-road hiking paths, watch out for tree roots. Well, I didn't have a problem with the tree roots. I had a problem with the sprinkler, but um, oh well, we won't get into that. It says, also be aware of other pedestrians, cyclists, dogs. Um, if you're road walking, make sure that you face oncoming traffic. So they're just, they're just making sure that everybody knows and remembers how to do these things that they used to tell us when we were much younger in elementary school, right? It also says that they quoted Dr. Thomas as saying, if you suffer from any health issues, take the precaution of checking with your doctor or physical therapist who can assess your levels of strength, flexibility, and pain before beginning a walking program, says Dr. Thomas. Um, he also added that you shouldn't be surprised if you suffer some mild muscle soreness, both after walking and initially when you start a walking session. And that's particularly if you've led a fairly sedentary lifestyle, and I'm quoting there again. And then he says, start gradually and progress slowly. Once you become accustomed to the exercise, these effects should ease. But if you continue to experience them, mention the issue to your doctor. And then they have a little um, table here for how many minutes to warm up. All of them say five minutes. And for how long you should walk briskly, um, and then five minutes to cool down and then gives you your total walking time. Um, I also thought it was interesting in that the from the editor part of this was talking about preserving your independence by avoiding falls. So this one was was pretty amazing because they were saying that um, while most of us know someone, whose life was changed by a fall. Um, I do. I know my mom um, got even worse before she eventually passed on because she fell, but it wasn't while she was walking. Um, although she had a few of those um, many years before that. She says in rare cases, people die or break a hip. Um, die, I'm, I'm surprised by. Break a hip? Yes, definitely. Sometimes you break the hip and then you fall. So, but they don't address that in here. Um, they say that it's vital to take steps to reduce your fall risk. That makes sense. If you need to do this without limiting, oh, but you need to do this without limiting your activities and autonomy, saying that for many older adults, experiencing a fall or even the fear of falling will do that. They will limit their activities. Many also believe that there's nothing they can do to prevent falls, which 
is not necessarily true. And that they, they do talk about a few preventive measures that you can do that will bring your risk factors down. Because some of these risk factors are that as you get older, your balance gets a little worse. Um, your vision and your strength are nowhere near what it was. So it was interesting because they were talking specifically about glasses and how if you're wearing bifocal or trifocal lenses, it can be very hard to adjust because you may be looking through the wrong part of the glasses. And I have some, some um, ones that, you know, um, I can't think of what the right word is. I'm having a senior moment here. Um, the kind where it just changes. There's no lines like there are in regular bifocals. And so you're never quite sure exactly where you should be looking. And consequently, it can be easy to have it not be in focus where it is that you're walking. And that can, can really get your balance and get you disoriented. So they were saying that single vision distance glasses, particularly when you're outdoors, can reduce the risk of falling, which I hadn't really thought of. I just don't wear my glasses at all and I go walking. So they're also saying anyone who's rushing or detracted is more, or distracted, sorry, is more likely to trip and fall. Um, I, I, that makes perfect sense to me. And it also says if you live in a city, take extra care when walking across streets because the traffic lights are set up for people who can walk four feet per second. And very few older adults walk that fast. So they're saying if you're not right at the intersection when the light turns green, why don't you just stand there and wait for it to go all the way around and when it comes and the green comes up again, then go, which makes um, a lot of sense. She also talks about um, a lot of people enjoy having a glass of wine with dinner. I know certainly I do. She didn't say that. That's me. Uh, to keep in mind that the older you get, the faster the alcohol will affect you. That's interesting. I didn't know that. Um, drinking less can still relax you without affecting your balance. And of course, needless to say, there are some medications that can affect your balance and make you dizzy. Um, and if you combine that with the alcohol, you, you may have some issues. I haven't had that problem. Um, they also talk about shoes and wearing flat shoes that have treads that grip like sneakers um, instead of wearing heels or smooth soles. And I can understand that. I always take a knife when I used to buy the flats and stuff for work. I would take a knife or a scissors and score the bottom of my shoes in a crosshatch <clears throat> in order to keep it from being slippery. Okay. Um, it also says, please don't let your pride get in the way of using aids such as walkers and canes. I absolutely agree with that. Okay, these devices can help preserve your mobility and independence. Absolutely. And also it can make your fall risk go down, obviously. But not everybody seems to be willing to be seen with a walker. 
And that's that's the problem. Okay, another thing which I thought was really interesting, um, they also said that another mistake would be to cut back on activities in an attempt to avoid falling. <clears throat> but the thing is, is that you're then your muscles are going to lose strength and they're going to lose muscle mass and you're going to actually be more, um, it's, it's going to be more so that you're going to have a fall than if you just go out and keep those muscles working. Um, okay, so that's about it. I thought it was really interesting at one point. Now I can't find it. But they were talking about it something like every six minutes, there's a senior who falls. I was pretty amazed at that one. Um, I'm just looking here to see if I can, if I can find it again. But um, age safely by preventing falls. Let's see, boost your balance. Oh, well, okay, well, I can't find it. Um, oh, okay, here, maybe this is where it is. Yep, that's it. One in five falls causes a serious injury, such as broken bones or a head injury. Yeah, well, I got the bone. Um, <clears throat> it says at least 300,000 older adults are hospitalized for hip, hip fractures each year, with more than 95% of those caused by a fall. And it says that... Every 20 minutes in the United States, a senior dies due to a fall. So that really scared the you-know-what out of me. So I'm going to be very, 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 very careful from now on, uh, which is what my husband keeps telling me to do. In fact, he's telling it to me so much that he's making me not watch what I'm doing because I'm having to listen to him. Anyways, <clears throat> not going to go there. Um, as usual, um, I am not a doctor. This is not to be construed as medical advice. I am just passing along some information that I have found. I hope you guys are all doing well. Uh, please come and check out my website. I'm hoping to try and get a couple of blog posts up next week as well. And I may actually try and find some additional information about falls and walking and try and put that up. And other than that, you know where to find me. My website, healthytipsafter50.com, on, also on Apple and Google Play and Stitcher and everywhere else that you can possibly think of. I am also, I also have a Facebook page that also has all of the podcast episodes on it. I hope you have a good week, and I will look forward to talking to you next time. This has been Healthy Tips After 50 with Susan Rosen. To stay on the cutting edge of the most effective health strategies, subscribe to this podcast and let us know what you thought of the show with a comment or like on iTunes. Visit HealthyTipsAfter50.com for this episode's show notes, more resources, and free offers.